and howdy y'all i'm leslie i'm laurie welcome to, to sumo kaboom sumo kaboom where we talk about all things sumo yeah and this week we're doing a little news we're gonna talk about unwinning if you want to know more about that just hold tight but first can i read a poem of course i was going to have a poem section because i've got poetry as well fantastic yeah so let's start with a poetry section i love it when y'all send us poetry it's kind of the highlight of the day we uh i think we hold the market on sumo poetry and i'm very happy about this yeah we have a very passionate follower uh base of sumo poets yes and this one comes from new jersey sumo fangirl this is a love poem that new jersey sumo fangirl wrote from abby to me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it perfect. says, Love me, Laurie. Love me, do. What's the prob? Like you smelled my poo. I push and I thrust. You don't like that? I've picked up some weight. Do you think I'm fat? Love me, Laurie. Love me, do. What's the prob? Like you smelled my poo. I like the repetition. Yeah. yeah. And always a poem that has poo referenced is... Up the top of my list of faves. Honestly, it, it might be why she sent it. Just to hear me say poo. Exactly. Poo. Well, you know who else was inspired? Who? One of our Twitter followers, Biff Takamisakari Trebert. Oh, great. And uh, we've talked about him online before. And um, he said in a tweet, you guys inspired me last night. I was listening to the latest podcast and was taken by the poetry. Mm. Then I was up quite late with mm. the limericks just pouring oh. into my brain. They oh. still are. Nice, nice, here's nice. A, here's a couple uh, for you. For Yokozuna, he once was in the running, but the lies that he lied were not cunning. He sat out for a year, but fans have no fear. At least Asanoyama, he's coming. That was good. That was actually really good. Yeah, here's one to his favorite. And I have to agree. This, I mean, he really is top fave just because of that pre-bout ritual. Takami Sakari was called Robocop for his pre-bout ritual did rock. Several <laughs> slaps and a scratch and bad eyesight to match. Yes. But with fans, he was always just tops. <laughs> he has lots for, I mean, he literally did. How many did he send? Like at least 30. Oh, Biff, I love you. I know. 30. At least, at least. Maybe we should hold on to these and just do three a week or something. Perhaps. But this one is dedicated to us. Okay. Hosted by two funny mams, sumo queens, and a comedy hams. Kachikoshi bingo is fun. I won the first one and ate the tastiest jam. Nice! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has literally 30 of them, at least. Oh, my god! I kept reading and I was like, oh, my God, this guy must have been up till 4 a.m. writing these. I love you, Biff. Oh, this is a good one. One more. Takakesho, a gerbil T-Rex, with arms so short he can't flex. He always looks flummoxed with his bowling ball stomach and eternally appears out of breath. <laughs> So true. So true. So, so true. <laughs> oh, I love it. If y'all want to send us any sumo limericks, the door is always open. Separate, I mean, sumo songs as well. We'll take them all. Oh, yeah. We'll take them all and we will share them with the world with glee. Right. Send them in. We love your creativity. 
Mark your calendars for the first ever Roller Town Showdown Sumo Tournament taking place on Showa Day weekend at the Tap Room, which is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Now, I am mentioning this because Corey, who runs the Dallas Sumo Club, has put together a crazy tournament that's going to be super bad ass because do you know who's going to be there? Gagamaru. Gagamaru. They are flying him over from Japan. I have no idea how this is going to happen, but I know that they have been working to get a big time former sumo wrestler over to the U.S. to do workshops, to hang out, watch a tournament. To teach them some sumo. And to do a lot of drinking with them. Probably. Probably. If we get to interview him, if we get to talk to him, my suggestion is that we do an ice cream tasting interview and we have him just taste a lot of different ice creams and ask him what his favorite flavors are. Maybe Bluebell because it's Texas. Exactly. Maybe we can get that Bluebell sponsorship we've always been wanting. And we could see how much ice cream Gagamaru. But you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there, right? I still have to get somebody to cover my work. So I'm working on that. We work. When we're not doing this, we work, sadly. (laughs) But, But yes, I'm trying to get it covered so that I can be there and do some roving interviews while I'm there. The plans for this event are huge, y'all. Yeah. It's about an hour north of Dallas. People are coming in from all yeah. over. And oh, my god! They're gosh. doing clinics and workshops and not workshops. What do you, I guess they're clinics. They're going to do yeah, practice. Keiko. Keiko. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a lot online. So you can watch it online if you can't be there in person. But yeah. of course, you can show up and meet an ex Ricochet. You can learn from him. He'll have someone there helping to translate. It's going to be really exciting, y'all. Yeah, and grow in the sport of sumo. Yeah. So it's going to be really great. So uh, go ahead and follow Dallas Sumo Club if you haven't, and then you can keep up with all updates there. I also wanted to mention there is a new show coming out on Netflix. It, it uh, debuts May 4th. It's called Sanctuary. And it is from, uh, this is straight from The Hollywood Reporter. It was also in Variety. So this is big time Hollywood showbiz news. It's a young adult, um, which I'm, I am always thinking of myself as a young adult, mm-hmm. whether or not I'm middle-aged or not. I'm young adult at heart. It is a drama set within the reclusive world of Japanese professional professional sumo wrestling. It's going to be eight-part series, and it comes from, I think, Japanese team and a whole bunch of Japanese actors that you might know if you're into Japanese movie and film, but it's going to be a big to-do. So you're going to want to watch that on Netflix, and yeah. I think we all are, because it's kind of cool. I saw the trailer. There's a lot of screaming in the trailer. Well, it is supposed to show the gritty look or the underbelly of professional sumo and uh, all a world full of young men with ambitions for money, women, fame, and power. That's how they describe it. Netflix does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The side of sumo that we have, we have dipped our toes into a little bit, but we've avoided For the most part. Yeah, we haven't done anything on sumotori in the nightclubs. You know, that kind of life of the sumotori. So I feel like if we just go undercover, I'm sure no one would know it's us. Yeah, they wouldn't. In a a nightclub They'd be like, who are those middle-aged ladies (laughs) over there? Like, why are they interested in this? The American ones (laughs) who aren't dressed appropriately for the nightclub. Uh one day we'll get the our finger on the pulse of the nightlife. And when we do, we're going to share wrestlers. it with you on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. We, we will. If we can just get over there, we need to have a fundraiser to get ourselves <laughs> over there. 
after the Basho ended, Musashimaru or uh, Musashigawa Oyakata um, comes out with like a twice a year newsletter where he just goes through the whole, like all of the top players and just kind of eviscerates them. Yes. Because <laughs> I read it and I was like, uh, he does not hold back. I mean, and I kept thinking like the wrestlers, like, wouldn't you read that? You know, I mean, and he had a lot to say, both he and Wakanahana, uh, who was a TV commentator, also former Yokozuna, had things to say, especially about Kiribayama. Like both of them were like, it's lucky, you know, he's a little sloppy. Um, it should have been somebody else, you know, and th then they go down to just just rip apart Dae show. And I was just like, wow. But I know that that's, you know, part of the culture and that like, you're not going to get that praise like we do, you know, we joke about it, but like everyone who's reached the age of 35 here has been raised by parents who have given them a trophy for every single thing in their life. And I think Japanese culture is a little different. Not everybody gets a blue ribbon for just showing up. And I think it's just interesting to sometimes read these things and wonder, do the guys read this stuff? Do they really take it into account or do they only think about what their oyakata has to say? Yeah, I've been seeing a little bit more coverage like that recently. Yeah. Like articles saying things like uh, Kiribayama won in the weakest showing of sumo in over a decade. Things like that. Where it's like, ooh, <laughs> that hurts a little they bit. They don't mince words. But I also kind of get the sense that that's part of the sumo environment over there. Yeah. Like, they're not very complimentary of each other overall. Anybody. Super competitive and I bet they spend a lot of time going dude that's not how it works yeah like they all have daddy issues i'm sure as well, well who knows who knows so maybe i'll ask john gunning do they all know about that newsletter <laughs> or is is or they, musashigawa just a sourpuss right or are they all like that are they you yeah. know um but i don't know maybe they're not affected by it so anyway it's I a really question do, i ponder i really do get a sense that they're all so competitive and and they all just are like you you suck I guess, Unless but then you can they're push friends, me over. and they look like they're friends right. on tour. Like, so I was like, I do not know like how they this separate male this <laughs> communication thing that like I do not understand. In the doyo, they hate each other, but yes. then the second they are out of the doyo, it's like a brotherhood. Like, good job pushing my face against the ground, yeah. dude. That unless was awesome. There's some deep, you know, unless there's something big. Like, <laughs> could someone explain to us how this know. male competitive thing works? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they bring the best out in each other, and they, uh, I don't know. Who knows? Well, anyway, there's going to be new handwriting, I call it. It's probably going to look exactly the same on the Bonsuke. So the Bonsuke has been written down by one guy. There's only been like eight guys that have done this since oh, World War II. Let me guess. He's 80 years old. His hands are getting shaky now. I have no idea. They did not mention why the other guy was getting a boot. Another Actually, question. he probably had to retire at probably. age 60 or 65. Right. When everyone goes off to die, it's slow right. death. So they're like, bring um, in an like, He can't write at 65. No one can write past 65. <laughs> well, anyway, that guy did it for 16 years. Okay. Or this is the, the first guy in the last 16 years. So he got a bump up. Um, his name is Kamura Yonosuke. And I think he belongs to... Who does he belong to? I couldn't tell you. I didn't write it down. He's but a man with very fine handwriting I from guess. a certain stable. Yeah, That's but what you're I, saying? I do wonder what the people who really study bonsuke they can tell 
You know, I mean, no one's handwriting is the same. So I wonder if any of you are super Bonzuke fans and have been following this forever, can you tell a difference this next time around? Yeah. With the Bonzuke. I'm curious to know. Yeah. All right. Wouldn't it be great if suddenly we all thought, oh, it's perfectly legible now. I can read it. <laughs> it took perfectly. 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you have been keeping up with the Joneses on Twitter, you can see that the guys have started their spring tour. And Tadanofuji was seen on the very first day of the spring tour at the Issei Jingu sh- uh, Shrine in Mie on the April 2nd. And he is was interviewed and said he's very much hoping and working towards being in the May tournament. And I think it's been four tournaments that he's been off. So he had surgery last October. He says... He wants to be more visible. He wants to be participating more. He wants to engage with the fans, but he was bandaged up like sweet baby Jesus with like his knees look like mm-hmm. they're in swaddling clothes. So we're going to continue to see that look from Terenafuji on the fashion side of sumo. It was crazy because the the crowds were like 20 deep on the pathway to see him walk up and do the doyo iri at the shrine. So I was like, okay. He's back. He's back, and the crowds are really back, and that's that's exciting to me. They have, like, a little tournament with, like, 16 of the guys. I think mm-hmm. Hoshoryu you won. Mm-hmm. And get this. If you win, you receive a household Shinto altar. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And rice. And he gets a bunch of rice. That's great. Yeah. He said, thank you very much. I think it was something that also his uncle got once upon a time. So, you know. That, Forever he will be compared. That's to I know, I know, but why not? He has the same like he has spirit. the same Shinto shrine now as his uncle. That's right. Perhaps maybe it's like cute and tiny, or maybe it's like really heavy and huge, and you're like, thanks, yeah. but like I don't really have space for like in my apartment, a Shinto in my altar. Room. Like maybe it's a travel altar. Maybe who knows? But I think that is all I've got on the news front. One of the things we want to do here at Sumo Kaboom is we want to help build bridges into sumo for people who are unfamiliar with the sport. We tend to do that in lots of different ways. We like the funny. We like the ridiculous. We honestly try to be very welcoming to everybody, no matter if you've been watching sumo for 20 plus years or you're brand new. One of the ways we also like to build bridges is we like to educate ourselves about sumo and bring you along for the ride. That's right. Because there's a lot we don't know about sumo. We're still learning. Yeah. We've had some questions that different listeners have been sending in as of late about Kimarite. So we thought we would dive a little deeper into Kimarite. Yes. We've done an overview. I mean, the first question I have is how to to pronounce Kimarite. I've always heard Kimarite. Is it Kimarite mm. or Kimarite or who knows? Make it your own. That is a question I cannot answer. <laughs> we need a Japanese person <laughs> to answer that. Exactly how you say it. But even if you say it with Kimarite. Kimarite. It's all right. We get you. It's okay. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to our little world where we mispronounce things all the time. Well, it takes sumo. a while. Like everybody, yeah. like when you first start watching sumo, like has no idea how to pronounce things. Exactly. And then you or listen to Murray on. and then Murray says something completely different than the way Hiro says it. So yeah. you're like, you know what? Sumo is fluid. Yeah. It's flex. It's, it's okay. It's a changing target. Yes. We try. We try as hard as we can, but we learn. <laughs> we get better. We improve. 
Yeah, welcome to our world. So, a kimarite, a chimerite, a kamarite, however you say this word. It is. What it is is a technique used by a wrestler, a sumo wrestler, to win a match. When you first start watching sumo, it looks so simple. Sumo just looks like the easiest thing in the world. It's one person pushing another person out of the ring or down to the ground. So simple. True. However, there are 82 recognized ways to win. Right. 82 recognized kimorite right now. And that number does change. It has changed in the past. It will probably continue to change in the future. Okay. And sometimes things happen that aren't on the list. Sometimes people are like, oh, that's a new move. I haven't seen that before. We gotta, we gotta put that in the 82. We gotta add it. Like, um, there's a fight that I just ran across today, video from an old, it's the earlier Kotonawaka. Okay. So not the one we have now. Kotonawaka 2 or 1. Who knows? Kotonawaka yeah. like, is like Kotonawaka 3 or something. Yeah. So it was an earlier Kotonawaka versus Asashoryu. It was in 2004. Day eight. Then that would have been his dad. I would think so. I would think, yeah, that was his dad. That would be my guess. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago. No, it's not. And I mean, it might be 20 now. years, yeah. right? Yeah. So in this fight, what happened at the end is Asashori, Kotonawaka flipped Asasuryu over, and Asasuryu landed in sort of this low bridge where his feet were on the ground and his shoulder was leaning against Kotonawaka, and then Kotonawaka fell down to the ground. Wow. So it's sort of known as the bridge win, even <sighs> though it got ruled a Tori Naoshi and they had a rematch, rematch. But that could have been, it could have been the birth of another Kimarite. Oh, man. So things happen that are weird and strange. You would have been good at that one. Right? I could have done that one. You could have done that one. Ha ha ha. I doubt it. But (laughs) it's nice to dream. It's nice to dream. So over the next few weeks, what I thought we would do is break down these moves bit by bit in a way that makes sense because they can seem so overwhelming in the beginning. All of it is very, very confusing. And still today... You hear the announcers say one thing, and then you find out later that it's been declared as something else. So don't feel bad. I try not to feel bad about just how little I know about sumo, even though I have a sumo podcast. But it's hard to see these things, especially how quick it happens. Yeah. So I think it's great to break it down and be like, this is what this typically looks like. Yeah. With the understanding that some of the names for these moves are more like catch-alls. So a lot of things can, a lot of different moves can fit into one category. Right. And recognizing that skill, like sumo skill, is far more than understanding and knowing all of these moves. Right. right? Every, not every fantastic sumo wrestler is going to use every move on the list. And sometimes they can't. You right. know, physically like they're can. physically, I don't think you're going to see a Hokuseiho do a whole bunch of kata sukashi like the little guys do. Exactly. Um, I mean, he's probably like watched it and been like, maybe I'll try Keiko, but you know, <laughs> he's got other tricks that work for his body. Yeah. Yeah. And usually, I mean, when you look at the big list of Kimarite, there's only like 10 or 15 that are used often. Yeah. We see them used over and over and over again. And then there's these really strange ones that we see every once in a lifetime that, you know, we all get so excited about because we're like, oh, my God, what is that? The over the shoulder fisherman throw? Never seen that before. I get super excited about it just because I've never seen it. Yeah. So what I thought we would do is start 
with the non-winning techniques. That's a good place to start for us. <laughs> is just start from the ones that are like you won that one, but we can't really even tell you how you yeah. did. You just you won. Well, name it something, but like you didn't really down, win that. But <laughs> yeah, so you won, but you didn't. The other guy really slipped. Won. Slippio Toshi would be the number one, even though that's not an official one. It's, we all yes, we're gonna get to the Slippio per- Toshi. Perfect. That's okay. the one though that most people probably could recognize. Yes, yes, but that is that is our name for it. That is yeah. not the official Japanese name. But when you listen to this list, you're gonna go, oh, oh, I've seen some of these. Yeah, I've seen some of these non-winning techniques. Okay, the first one I like is the fact that you can win by non-winning. Yeah, exactly right. I won. By, by not, not winning. winning. <laughs> <laughs> Deep so, thought, actually, in yeah. life. Sometimes you win by not winning. It is so true. Sometimes you win by foul. Right. And Or by infraction. Okay? There's a couple of terms that are used for this. Kinjite is one. Kinjite. Yep. And, and Kinjite? It, it Kinjite. literally means forbidden hand. Te Right at the, on the end of that word, mm-hmm. kinjite means hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you remember that term, it's going to come back in another title, the te part of it. Like but kimari te. Kimari te. Interesting. I wonder if it's hand. <laughs> yeah, hand technique, right? <laughs> the foul is basically, it's, it's things you're not supposed to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so if you think of someone that's been fouled, I'm sure you've seen some of these fouls happen before. Oh, the hair pull. Exactly. That's the number one no-no. Yes. Don't touch the hair. Yeah, right. So if somebody grabs your hair, you win. Which is, I think, the only sport that I can think of that they have su- such strict rules about don't touch the hair. It makes sense, these fouls, when I look at the list, uh, because there's potential for somebody really getting hurt if anyone were to do any of these fouls. Mm-hmm. So if you grabbed someone by their long hair and then just like ripped them around the ring, you could hurt somebody's neck really yeah. easily. But you know, the, the hair thing too, you can lose by hair. Your hair touches the dirt first. You can lose by hair. So hair is an extension of your, it's like another appendage. Like if that touches... From what I understand, you're toast. But so the hair is important. It is important. Play. But if someone's pushing you down and your hair slides against the ground, someone else is winning via kimorite. Right. They're not winning. You're not winning via non-winning. Right. Okay. <laughs> Which is you. kind of what we're going got over it. today. Got it. Got it. Got right? it. Right. Okay. Yeah. If someone grabs your hair, you win by not winning. Right. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> and it's Similarly, just to keep everybody playing nice. Exactly. That's exactly nice. what it is. Play nice. Be respectful. Yes. Play nice. So you cannot, you cannot punch your opponent. If right. you get punched in the ring, you win. Right. You can slap the bejesus out of your partner, though. Yes. And now that's only can. in pro sumo, not in any other uh, amateur sumo. And, and it's only in the highest ranks of sumo. I didn't realize this, mm. but you cannot open hand slap someone until you're in jurio or above. Well, until you're ready to receive it. <laughs> That's a nice way to think of it. <laughs> sure. We think you're ready to receive some serious slapping. Yeah, yeah. So, mature enough it, now. Well, and I shouldn't say jurio and above. I should just say when you're learning, when you're in school and learning right. sumo, you cannot slap the bejesus out of anyone or receive that. That we just 
thank goodness someone said, you know what? Kids should not be slapped. Right. Well, and you could, again, really hurt somebody by- You really could. Somebody who's much heavier just slapping the bejesus out of your cheek and you're much- thinner or skinnier you don't have the muscle development that could cause a big problem well, i'm sure there's a reason why it exists honestly would you go back to sumo practice if some like big bully debbie hackett showed up who's and debbie slapped, and slapped the heck out of Uh-oh. you is debbie sorry hackett? that was my school yard we just went, bully we just went deep <laughs> cut to debbie hackett listening from her house right now going what i never knew what now we had a we had bullies too. Uh, they right? shall be unnamed, but she did down, live down the street. So you would win if someone punched you, if someone grabbed your hair, if they uh, poked your eyes. If oh, but someone, that happens all the time, but not intentionally. In te- yeah, if someone jabbed at your eyes or your solar plexus with their fingers, like where are your solar plexus, like right the the soft spot of your belly below your rib cage like right there oh but you can't poke there can't poke there well that would be weird off of the tachi eye somebody <laughs> coming full index finger at your belly button would be like all right like you do you but that looks pretty weird you also uh if someone grabs your groin you win oh uh, i'd right? like to you see win by when not winning that's happened <laughs> <clears throat> interesting uh, also this is really Has interesting somebody tried that uh, actually you know someone what? in the past must have well when they used to sumo wrestle naked exactly then that's that's up there right to, it's just hanging it's, in the breeze for people to grab so right. somebody grab for it it is an appendage exactly okay so that's you must enough. protect that. you must not no touch in the that's junk that's right no touch in the junk and then in shortly the after that they were like you should wear a mawashi exactly we exactly have. but i uh well, you cannot grab your opponent's throat. But now, you can attack with open hands. That's your, the Darth Vader note Yes, exactly. Okay. But if you were to grab, oh, like if your seized. fingers were to, yeah. yeah, like seize on their neck or seize on both their ears at right. the same time. It's open hand versus clutched hand, yeah, right? Or like grab. you can't grab, but you open hand, you can Darth Vader. Exactly. But you can't grab. Because like, someone and could. You, 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 you mess could up escape. your trachea. If, if, you, if someone's going for your throat and they have their hands open, you can escape to the side. But if you close your hands down, they can't escape and get out of the way. I think, I see. That's, I think that's one of the big things. Yeah, that makes sense. You would win by non-winning if someone kicked your chest or kicked your waist. You'd be having a bad day Wouldn't if you decided to kick somebody. Right. And it would look so strange that like Tamawashi has just had it and then you just kick somebody's chest right. with you his just leg. Right, went into kickboxing mode. I mean, they kick each other's legs, though, for the leg pick. Exactly. But you can not kick above, somebody's leg. But not above the groin. Waist. Not, not above, above the, the waist. waist. Okay. Well, and you, I, I would imagine you can't kick their groin either. Yeah, it's not I, on this list. I but think it would have to be below the knees. That's that's the only kicking that happens. That makes there. sense. I mean, you wouldn't want to knee anyone. Ooh, that would be awful. You cannot also bend your opponent's fingers back. Oh well, that's very intricate in the middle of a. <laughs> but you can I mean, see it somebody does grabbing happen. your arm and like pulling your or fingers, squeezing back. your finger. You know, when someone squeezes like a really strong handshake and you're like oh that hurts exactly. because you squeeze my fingers together yeah Plus their fingers are all broken all the time anyway this tells me more about how people used to do sumo 
like the fact that they had to make these rules and say, right. no, 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 this is a foul. You cannot break your opponent's fingers. You cannot kickbox in the middle of the ring. Like you could tell it must, there must have been some dirty fighting. At There's some a point reason the for every rule. I wonder yeah. though, though, like do some of these guys, like if somebody has a Notawa and they're like, it's starting to feel pinched, you know? Right. Like, what happens in that case? Do they go to the JSA and be like, Tamawashi is starting, you know, or do they just, they probably don't say anything. And they're just like, that's what he does is, I mean, I'm making this up. Tamawashi is a big softy. He looks like his hands open, but you would wonder because it's happening so fast. Could you tell if someone's fingers were starting to close in? I would bet, open. I would guess this is a lot of what the training is. Yeah. And they do so hand. much training, like, yeah. with their hands open all the time. So maybe yeah. it's not even a thing because they work so hard to have their hands open all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the other foul that was last seen in May 2000, and it was, it even gave this guy a write-up in the New York Times is uh, if your mawashi falls off. Oh, that's our favorite. We always want that one to happen. We do. And it did happen not too long ago. I mean, the year 2000 is not that long ago, really. 23 years ago. (laughs) Yes. This poor kid, Asanokiri, his belt came untied. He exposed himself completely on national TV, and the New York Times picked it up as a story, which I absolutely love. And if you want to read that story, I'll put the link in our show notes. I love it. So anyway, he probably didn't even have a career after that. (laughs) Or he maybe changed careers. Somebody was like, hey, maybe I'll seize on that. So if your opponent does a foul to you, you automatically win. Done. End of story. You win by not winning. Okay. And another way that this happens is by absence. Oh, and we see this. Yeah. Fusen. We see this happen all of the time. Somebody gets injured. They're already on the schedule to fight a certain person the next day. All that has to happen is the opponent shows up. And as long as they show up, they win by not winning. And that's called a Yeah. A Fusen. Interestingly, and I didn't know this until today, but wins by Fusen are recorded on Bonsukes and are recorded on star charts and things like that as black and white squares. Rather mm-hmm. than circles. Yeah. So I that you can that. tell. Yeah. You can tell if they've won by Fusen. Or yeah. Not. Whenever you look on the uh, the JSA website, because yeah. I always track the the matches and what it's called, the match results, they always have that square there for Fusen. Yeah. So if you're like me and you didn't know that, no big deal. Now yeah, you do. Now you do. Yeah. Now you go, okay, somebody didn't show up. That's why. Okay. And then the other reasons that you would win by not winning are by stepping out or falling down or slippy otoshi. And there's a variety of ways that this happens. But whenever I see this happen, it is always accompanied by a very specific look on a wrestler's face. Right. A look of, oh my God, I cannot believe that that happened. Whatever you want to call that look that usually accompanies any of these moves, okay? One of them is called the fumidashi. Fumidashi. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which uh, is the rear step out. Mm-hmm. It's when somebody accidentally, it usually, usually when this happens is somebody's trying to adjust their stance really quickly around the edge of the ring and they pick up their foot a little too high and they accidentally step out of, out 
yeah, they accidentally step out of the ring while they're trying to adjust. Yeah, sometimes they lose ring sense, though. I think Rudin did that. Well, he had a terrible record, but he did that, I think, one of those days where he just stepped out. He just thought he had more room. Yep. And I think he just lost ring sense. Yep. Yep. Where no one's perfect. Yeah. And really what a wrestler wants to do instead is keep their weight really low. And Hakaho talks about this in his training all the time. He's like, you never really want to lift your feet off the ground right. so that you're always in the ring. There's never a chance that you're going to step over those bales at all. Center of balance, low, low, low feet, always in contact with the clay. So when they accidentally step over backwards, fumidashi. Now, when they accidentally step over going forwards, it's called isamiyashi. Isamiyashi. to me sounds exactly like something Jar Jar Binks would say in Star Wars, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It sounds delicious. I would love to eat some isamiyashi. Miyashi? <laughs> miyashi? Isa miyashi. Miyashi. Forward step out. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds delicious. It's... Now, this one's really interesting because in regular Japanese, mm -hmm. this is according to the NHK's website... This is translated as lose by jumping the gun. So rather than someone sort of like lose, like trying to change their stance, you know, and just accidentally losing track of where they are in the ring, this usually happens when someone's on the offense and they think they've got another wrestler beat right. and they just step out. out. They yeah. step out before the guy that they're taking down actually hits the ground. That's probably called... Daesho's. Daesho um, has Daesho done it. has done this numerous yep. times. I mean, a he lot of wrestlers do this. They get excited at the edge and then they end up like flinging themselves out because the other guy uh, glass doored sideways. Well, sometimes different? I think that's a different one. This is more like you think you have it won. Oh. You were right there at the edge. The other guy's hanging on top of the Tawada and you're leaning forward oh, okay. and the other guy holds on to you and you just like step out accidentally uh, as you're falling and you're... To brace yourself. Yeah, it's accidental. It's not really like you're going for a big oshidashi. It's just like you get all tangled up and your feet or hands, actually your feet, go out first. Right? So you're usually on the offense. Okay. A few more. Koshikudake, which is translated as inadvertent collapse. Oh. And this is the slippy otoshi. Oh, okay. When you lose track of your own feet, you cannot, you don't know right from left, up from down. Like nothing has been done to you at all. Right, you just whoop, 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 whoop. That's exactly <laughs> what it, you trip over your own two left feet. Yeah, is the slippy otoshi or the koshikudake? Koshikudake. Yep. Koshikudake. Yep. Tsukihiza and sukite mm -hmm. are the other te the other twos. The tsukite, how it ends with the word te. Mm -hmm. That hand. means hand, right? So this is when your hand touched down. Right. You're like, oh, 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 crap. Yep, yep, yep. So when you stumble. Uh, you brace yourself yep, with your you hand. You brace yourself with your hand. Yep. And the other one is you brace yourself with your knee. Oh, so okay. you fall and stumble and your knee hits down, right? Without any significant impact from the other person. Wouldn't that be Wakataka Kage's from this last time? When yeah, I thought of that too. When he touched his knee down mid-match? Yep. It was too close. Yep. Oh, that well. is exactly what it is. So whether your hand or your knee touches down, whether you just get tripped up in your own feet, whether you're on the offense and you just go out first over your excitement, or whether you just lose track of the ring and you step out backwards. Can you lose by, by trash talking? 
Oh, great question. I've never seen it. Maybe they're whispering it to each other. I don't know. There's there's definitely daggers from the eyes. That is yes. acceptable. Yes. But I've never heard trash talking. Mm. Trashiotoshi? Trashiotoshi. I would be interested to know if anyone has ever said a word or when they fell, they were like, oh, crap, you know, or Suki oh, trash talky. Yeah. Suki trash talky. Maybe. Yeah. I these, like this. These are the things I should ask John Gunning. I know. I think there should also be a non-winning technique when your eyesight is so bad that you like lose track of your opponent in the ring. Or sometimes it could work in your benefit. You just well, like one, flail. Who was the who was the uh, one of the greats? One of the sumo greats that we found out later. He had Takamisakari. Well, that one. Yeah, he's he has terrible vision, and he's the best uh, for pre bout ritual. But one of Nishikigi. the no, no, no. It was a legendary Yokozuna. They found out later. It was like he had one eye that he had never. Oh, that's right. He'd never been using. Like yeah. he somehow learned how to conquer. With just monovision, essentially, it was it was like in the forties or fifties. I feel like it was a long time ago. Yeah, but it was remarkable and uh, not really ever known until after he retired. I think, or till he was much past his his um, his heyday. So, hmm. well, and he was winning using kimarite. That's right. That's right. He Rather didn't have to a- use those non winning techniques that's right that is right so there you go all of the ways that you could win sumo without actually winning sumo and there's or all the ways you can lose sumo that's true by not doing it <laughs> by right. not doing sumo but i think it's interesting that all of these moves actually have names that is what is fascinating to me it's not like oops he slipped it's it's actually broken down to how did he slip? Was anyone going for him when he slipped? What hit the ground first? Right. And that should give you a little bit of a preview as to what is coming with the kimarite, what kinds of kimarite are being used and what parts of the body are being used to do them. Right. That's all for this week, I think. That's it. Until next week, I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie. See you later. Bye. Bye.